And it's with great pleasure that I introduce Dr. Cleve Liu. Uh, Dr. Cleve Liu is a clinical instructor at the University of Washington. He's also a staff dermatologist at Bellevue Dermatology in Bellevue, Washington, not far away from here. He completed his uh, undergraduate education at the University of California at Berkeley. He then earned his Doctor of Medicine degree at NYU School of Medicine. He has many research interests and has authored a number of peer-reviewed journal articles. He's a fellow of the American Board of Dermatology and a member of the American Academy of Dermatology and Seattle Dermatology Society. Please join me in welcoming Dr. Cleve Liu. Thank you. Thank you everyone for coming. I do appreciate it because as you know, for those who are from Seattle, these are the one of the few beautiful days we have here. And the last thing you want to do is listen to another lecture on Embro when you can have opportunity to stay outside and enjoy the sun. So thank you very much. I kind of, when I went over the, the uh, schedule today, I know I went after Phil Meese, you know, so I hope you had a great, he gives great lectures and I feel like I'm going out. It's like seeing after the Beatles, you know, you can only get worse after that. So as you know, today, this is a sponsored lecture. This is not a CME-based lecture. And so this is, as you know, uh, a set of slides that is made by Embrel and, as you know, embedded by Embrel. So it is not, as you know, Embrel, we've had it for close to 13 years now. It's not the newest thing. It's about the same number of years that my marriage with my wife has been, you know. You know, like Embrel, I'm not so sexy anymore, you know. Gained about 20 pounds, unfortunately. You know, for those who say I look good, thank you. Uh, I've lost a lot of hair. And for some reason, the jokes I tell my wife aren't as funny as they used to be. They seem to annoy her more than anything else. But she says I'm still lovely. She still loves me. And I'm a good guy. And she's still with me. And I think that's what we should remember Umbrella is. It's still a very good drug. It still has its place. And I think it's kind of good just to kind of remember why we like it. And I promise you today I won't keep you guys too long so you guys can get your meal done. And of course, if you guys have any questions, please, at the end, you can ask me them. So as you know, these are these new animated slides. We all know this slide is very, uh, has been went over many times before. Psoriasis is a very relatively common condition, 2 to 3% of the population. About 1.5 million people have moderate to severe psoriasis, and these are the cases that uh, is indicated for systemic therapy. Now, this is something that is, I knew, but I never even considered it in my clinical practice. But we do know that psoriasis tends to occur about you know, 10 years on average before their psoriatic arthritis. What is, what, and I knew that very well, but recently one of my patients, which, you know, I've treated for many years for psoriasis. I had to switch medication because it wasn't working. She developed joint symptoms, and I forgot to kind of ask. So it is important to know that people that you have kind of excluded psoriatic arthritis, it is probably a good idea to recheck with them in the future because, again, they may not know that there is that connection between skin and joint. Now, as you can see, these are classic pictures of psoriasis. Classic pictures, psoriatic arthritis, probably better pictures by Phil. We gave him earlier nail changes and dactylitis and emphysitis, the classic signs of psoriatic arthritis. Now, in terms of treatment, I think this is how we all go about deciding how we treat this. Body surface area involvement, symptoms, location, 
thickness of plaques, the presence at or absence of psoriatic arthritis, and of course, patient subjective findings. Now, as you guys all know, and we don't talk about it here because this is a sponsored lecture, but there is increasing discussion about comorbidities. And some of you have noticed that recently there have been, you know, a lecture by, I mean, uh, research by Dr. Wu in, at Kaiser showing that there is definitely dramatic improvements with anti-inflammatories uh, in coronary diseases. So I think as we get more data on that, that might be one additional reason for us to be more aggressive in our therapies. Now, this is something I'm gonna go over a little bit. This kind of gives you a little idea of how we approach psoriasis. If we have, we, if they have psoriasis, do they have psoriatic arthritis? If they do have psoriatic arthritis, we tend to use the anti-TNF and methotrexate. Now, I do, in case anyone who lives around here, I, a lot of people, uh, please call me, because you know, the experience with methotrexate is, can be limited depending on your experience yourself and the physician you work with. And so I actually still like methotrexate a lot. It's a very good drug. I know the rheumatologists use it a lot. They use it like vitamin M. And you know, I think what makes us concerned is because I think as time goes on, you need more experience with it. Uh, in case you guys are in, interested, I probably in uh, somewhere in August, I'm gonna do uh, my own sponsors there. It will be an unsponsored lecture I'm gonna give on just treating methotrexate and experiences of that. And if you guys are interested, where I'm just gonna give a lecture on it, I'm gonna do it at a local restaurant. You guys around here, you guys are interested in learning more about the nitty gritties of non-biologics, please come and I'd be glad to invite you for that. And then of course, we have all the other treatments, systemics, light therapy, and biologics. You know, the studies have shown that if you ask, you know, you, you get all these reps come in, they always talk to you, my drug is better than this, because of this. And if you ask most of the patients between the systemic therapies, whether it's methotrexate, Embrel, Humira, Stelera, light therapy, they all have similar satisfactions between all of them, okay? So my, re my one main recommendation to you is this. Whatever therapy, systemic therapy you like, whether it's methotrexate, whether it's Embrel, whatever, choose one. Because, I mean, we, we, we all may argue about the benefits of each of these therapies, like how we argue whether Domperion and Krug is better, but to our patients, a, a systemic a treatment is like beer to a college student. It's all good, okay? So just find something, and I think it's very important to start with something. And of course, again, evaluate them for psoriatic arthritis, because as time goes along, you know, they could develop it, and that might change your therapy. So let's talk about efficacy. I think we always talk about differences of all the biologics. So I, can, I think here we can review some of the efficacy data with Enbrel. So as you know, it's been with us for quite a while now, and there are various side effects that we should know about. But fortunately, what's been good is we haven't learned anything new. You know, it's been with us for quite a while. The same risk we worry about, infections remain the same. Malignancies, you know, is still of concern. Neurologic events, hematologic events, congestive heart failure, hep B, something you always check about, allergic reaction, lupus-like symptoms, and autoimmune hepatitis. These are all the standard things we have had for many years now, and fortunately nothing has changed. So let's talk a little bit about efficacy. 
we always kind of get these varying data on efficacy. What we do know is that there have been quite a few trials on Embrel, ranging from the pivotal US data, the global studies, the PRESTA study, and the SCALP studies, our relatively newer studies. I think the, the global US pivotal and the global trials are the ones we heard about first in the initial when Embrel was approved, showing about 59 to 50% POSI 75. In case you want to know what the PRESTA study, essentially it is just a study in what we like to call real-world real experience, where you're allowed to use a topical steroid in addition to your Embrel. It's kind of how we all treat our medic uh, patients. If they're doing good but not great, we slap them on a topical steroid. And in, in that case, you can get POSI 75 rates up to 70%. Uh, the scalp study was one at 69%. And this gives you the average uh, positive improvements looking at the same data, of course, showing positive improvements rates about 71 to 78%. So effective data, effective uh, medication, you know, and giving you, and especially if you're able to add a few things to your treatment. Now, because we all know that psoriasis is not a 12-week treatment course, so they extended it and followed it in, in the pivotal trials they were allowed to go on up to two and a half years beyond that, looking at what happens to patients. And I think the, the, the one data point that you guys may have all heard about was what happens when you stop the medication. So this is an interesting data because now we do know that for all the other biologics, well, some of the biologics, we do know that when you stop the medication, our ability to regain efficacy is, is diminished. So, and unfortunately, given the world we live in, there are many reasons to stop, whether it's travel, live vaccinations, surgery, loss of insurance, whatever. I think it's important to know that your goal with it, especially the monoclonal antibodies, is to keep them on the medication because when you stop it, you may not gain that back. And, it's kind of unfortunate when you lose the medication. What they have looked at for Embrel is that when they stopped it, fortunately, most people are able to regain their efficacy. So there seems like there might be something different about soluble receptors versus monoclonal antibodies. And looking at scalp. I don't know if you guys see scalp very much. I used to, when I first saw this study, I was like, whatever. You know, it's just, you know, psoriasis of the scalp. But you know, as time's gone along, you guys have noticed that there's always this group of people who have just really tough scalp disease. It's just hard to treat. And while it doesn't cover large area of, uh, you can, large area involvement, you can throw everything, including the kitchen sink at them, and they don't get better. So I think this is when Embro decided to, uh, Abgen decided to do a study on how it worked on scalp, doing a, which is a placebo-controlled study, which is quite, very quite nice. And then they found that of course, as expected, people had relatively good efficacy for scalp disease. Look, about a, a, 75 a 69% response rate for the scalp with uh, greater 75, uh, uh, 69% of people uh, with a 75% response rate on the scalp compared to placebo. And if you look at their general psoriasis elsewhere, again, showing very good efficacy for their psoriasis. And so this kind of repeated that, about 86% versus 20% uh, improvement versus placebo versus control. 
and uh, for the body at about 80% uh, to 20% for the scalp. If you guys want to know any uh, safety data on this data, there were essentially just, the only thing that showed up were three adverse events that resulted in uh, withdrawal from the, in the treatment group. Those three were one case of melanoma, which in a patient with previous melanoma that was not felt to be related. One case of a rib fracture, so don't fall while you're on Embraer. And one case of gall, gallstones, again, not something we do associate with Embraer. Again, nothing showed up dramatically uh, concerning for serious adverse events. And this kind of gives you nice pictures about uh, uh, how patients responded, essentially quite well, and another example of how people did with Embraer on their scalp. So let's talk about safety. I think it's been well kind of established in many of our minds that, you know, Embraer is probably the safest of all the biologics that we use these days. Um, you know, we may argue about these things, but we've kind of gotten very quite comfortable with the safety data. And we can kind of uh, reinforce that with some of this data, showing, again, looking at the uh, serious infection rates in people on Embraer, showing that, you know, the rates weren't dramatically different from placebo. And what's most important is that you don't see uh, increased rates of infections as time has gone on, because you would assume that with more longer course of therapy that your risk of infections would go up over time because of just random luck, and we don't see that with etanercept. Looking at other things, malignancy rates, things again that really scare us, again, not dramatic differences and no rapid increases in time over uh, as you continue the treatment. Other things, opportunities, infections, straight cold zeros across. That's always good. Uh, and looking at uh, uh, over the three-year data, again, no data showing serious adverse events. And of course, the one thing we do worry about that is unique for TNF inhibitors is tuberculosis. Again, you know, cases relatively uncommon. Now, I find this, this part being very interesting because you know the FDA is very conservative. We still have the black box warning for LDL and Protopic, and they haven't removed it yet after all these years. But the, the FDA does feel that the soluble receptors in Embrel probably has a lower risk for TB compared to those monoclonal antibodies, and that is stated actually in the package insert. So another evidence about its safety data. So. You know, I think this is what's interesting is because many people still consider this a new drug. Uh, it's been used for close to 3.1 uh, uh, million patient years. It's been with for over 13 years now. So we can kind of get to a point now and say it's not so new. It's been with for a while. I think we've kind of, if anything was going bad was going to happen at this point, we would have probably seen it at this point. So it's to the point now that we could even put in the same category of things like methotrexate. We know what it is. We, there's probably not going to be anything new that will really show up over time. So we're almost done. So just give you a little, uh, um, they always like to give you little case studies on these things. So as you know, this is a person with relatively severe psoriasis uh, who has failed multiple therapies. I think, again, we talked about methotrexate. I still like methotrexate and 
just understand that most of, bio, most of the insurance plans will require that you do methotrexate. So getting to learn to use it is very important. This person just had used you know, topical light therapy. Again, relatively severe disease with involvement of the hands. And about 10% uh, body surface area, what we consider to be relatively severe disease. Otherwise, relatively healthy. And of course, otherwise, nothing, no other considerations really affects her therapy. So I think the one final statement I should say about this case is number one. I think we do, you know, this is a young female, pregnancy will become an issue. And I do think choosing uh, Embraer in this case is useful for a few reasons because, again, she might become pregnant. There might be reasons to stop the medication. And, uh, and the one thing you don't want is to lose efficacy over time. And essentially, that is a lecture in a quick, small uh, a synopsis. I just saw my old mentor come in, Dr. John Koo over there, actually. He's going to give you a lecture on uh, psychodermatology. Now, let me tell you, if I had one advice to you guys out there, okay, is if you had to choose a specialty specialized in, psychodermatology is a hard one to do, let me tell you. Now, your colleagues will love you. You know, there's nothing that a community doesn't want is when they have this patient come in and says, I know who I want to refer you to. We have a specialist in that area. And I remember as this fellow, let me tell you, we got some really kooky patients, let me. So, so he's, you know, you can learn some great things from him, but uh, I just have to say, Dr. Koo, you know, those were tough days when I worked with you on those. <laughs> and essentially, that is it, actually. I hope that wasn't too long or too, you know, too involved. Uh, I know there's nothing dramatically new, but I th as I think, it's always good to kind of get reacquainted with an old friend you've known for a while. So, any questions? Do you check Hep B immuno, uh, immunogenic status before you start a biologic? Yes, I and check. If, and if it's negative for Hep B, do you immunize? Uh, yes, I, well, I try to immunize them. So. so, you know, it's very interesting. So you want to, you asked a great question because I get a lot of questions about hepatitis B. So what does it mean if you have, if you, so if you have hepatitis B and you are, uh, and they are active carriers. Is it an absolute contraindication? The answer, it is not an absolute contraindication. Go on, Embro. They're just risks. They've actually have these, uh, I think, child pews status is a way they judge how your uh, liver disease is. And if you have actually signs of cirrhosis, you might, it would be an absolute contraindication. Active carriers, Hep B, is a relative contraindication, but you would have to do it with very, with extreme caution. Finally, how about those who have been exposed and are immune? You know, that's a good question. What if they have hep C surface antibodies, which by definition they are immune? Does that mean they are completely safe to go on embryo? Interestingly, the answer is generally yes, except there are been rare cases of people who have reactivated, okay, who are, who based on their, you know, uh, immune status was considered immune but exposed, okay? Most of these people are like, you know, from Asia, they're, they picked it, they exposed some point. So even though they are technically immune, you should still follow them closely, okay? Uh, what usually happens is that their surface antibodies, titers begin to fall, and, uh, and, and that would be of concern. If you, you know, sometimes you, if you're really concerned about it and you really have no choice, make sure you, you know, you can always check a hep B uh, DNA level. Okay, and that can kind of give you a titers on how where their uh, 
heavy area is. Fortunately, I haven't had to deal with this. I just get a lot of questions about it. And so just a little FYI. Yes. Uh, just a quick question. You mentioned uh, the malignancy um, mm -hmm. risk. Now, were, this, were they looking at basal cells or is uh, this like those solid are Those are these systemic, yeah. They did it. Okay. There is probably increasing data showing that the, with all the biologic, well, TNF inhibitors, that your risk for non-melanomous skin cancers might be increased. So that is correct. This is just excluding, mainly systemic uh, cancers in that case. Well, anything else? Live vaccines are not um, recommended for patients on biologics, yes. but there was a recent JAMA article uh -huh. that suggested it was safe to receive the shingles vaccine. Uh -huh. What is your approach to live vaccines well on biologics? <sighs> you know, it's, I still dis usually pull them off of it, okay, just to be sure. I mean, uh, you know, the, the studies showing that they're relatively safe, I, if I'm, I'm always worried about the rare cases. You know, you don't get many weird, weird you know, viral reactions to uh, the shingles vaccine, but they do, you know, people break out a little bit and, you know, we all have different immune responses. So I generally do still stop them. And uh, once I stop them and I, yeah, you know, there's no standard. You could do anything from, I used to do a few weeks stop depending on the medication. You could do five half-lives, which would pretty much, what's the standard guaranteed, you know, that you'll be out of their system. And for Ambrell, that's about a month, you know, so. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you, everyone. I sure appreciate coming. And of course, if you guys are interested in my little, you know, talk about other, you know, standard therapies, please, you guys, just give, just give me your email and I'll be glad to send you a little note across. Okay? Thanks again.